This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Name, name one other organization that could lose their two star players in a span of a week. Like, I'm sorry, Peter Chiarelli and Jim Benning, for all the shit that they got in their respective markets, did they lose or come close to losing two of their star players in a span of a week? Hell no. 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 Um, yeah, like imagine if this happened in Edmonton, right? Like imagine McDavid and Dreisaitl were leaving Edmonton in the same week. It's just, well, yeah. Well, imagine in Toronto if like Matthews and Marner were leaving the same week. I mean, like, yeah, there would be a public outcry towards yeah. Kyle Dubas, basically forcing his resignation. And in this city, whether it's local radio, local media, members of the fan base, that's not Brad's fault. <laughs> what are these supposed to do? Oh, he did gosh. everything he could. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his job, maybe have an ounce of foresight. Like, ugh. Good Lord, dude. This is like, this is not okay. None of this is okay. normal. Let me just preface this. Normal franchises don't, don't go through this. Okay. No. Like, this no. is something you should expect from a normally run team. Um, oh, just, I, I was talking to my buddy last night and he's a Leafs fan. Um, we, yeah, we, like you were just talking after, like it was the Kachuk is most likely going to leave thing came out. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, he's like, dude, like I don't understand what is going on in Calgary. Like it went from looking so good and so promising one year to like what, six weeks. And now just the entire plan has fallen apart. Like, just everything. Let's get into this. So, two days ago, the Flames tweeted out saying that they are taking – that they have filed for club-elected salary arbitration with Matthew Kachuk. They then prefaced it by saying that it provides them with the opportunity to continue to work with his representatives towards a contractual resolution while removing the possibility of an outside offer sheet. So, essentially, for those of you who don't know, right – Salary arbitration, basically with all contracts, if and when it gets to that point, 
It involves a player and a team meeting with a neutral third party, a.k.a. the arbitrator, where both sides basically present their case for how much they feel they're worth. In the case, the player talks about where he values himself. The team talks about where they value the player. And then you that's how the player's salary is determined. A decision is usually made 48 hours after said hearing. And then when the decision is announced, the team has the right to either sign or decline. If it's declined, the player can declare himself an unrestricted free agent. A lot of the time, though, it doesn't usually end that way. Um, the longest term a player could sign for with these cases when they do go to arbitration is maximum two years. They're either one or two year deals. And it all depends on how many years are remaining on the player's RFA status. So in this case, Matthew Kachuk, if this gets to arbitration, he's walking out with a one year deal. Yeah. Because he's on his final year before the age of 25, because he could become an unrestricted free agent next summer. The way I see it is like, okay, Matthew himself didn't file for arbitration. Uh, we know Andrew Mangiapane and Oliver Shillington did. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk's qualifying offer is $9 million, and that's why he did not file for arbitration. Bro already knows he's getting his bag, whether he cares yeah. about being here or not, right? And exactly. In this case, the Flames went the club-erected route, meaning that they're basically buying for two more weeks of time to negotiate with Matthew Kachuk on a long-term contract. Exactly, because, um, there's, because they're not close, right? Like, you, you oh, yeah. don't have a plan. You're not set up to offer him a real contract. So they filed for club-elected arbitration to buy another two weeks to somehow pull this signing off or or maybe a trade who knows yeah who knows i mean at this point it seems like that's a possibility too um mm -hmm. essentially without enacting this in two days from today matthew would have been able to take his qualifying offer if he did you know pleased it would have been just a nine million dollar contract for next year that would walk him to unrestricted free agency in 2023 and knowing Brad, he probably wouldn't deal him, and then we'd also lose him for nothing. So, um, yeah, exactly. That's like, kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's where I like to see this going. Like, if Kachuk takes his one-year qualifying offer, walks right to free agency, and has like another great year here in Calgary, and then Brad's like, "Oh, like we're gonna get this done," and then bam, right in the same situation as Johnny. We're gonna move heaven and earth. Yeah, right. I'm the Santa Claus of giving out contracts. Like, I, I really just like clean house. Like, I don't want to hear from anyone in management ever. No. Except yeah. No, I love Chris Snow. Shout out to Chris Snow. That's the only guy I care about. Essentially, they're basically saying, like, we all know Matthew's camp. They're very hard negotiators. The Kachuk family is crazy in that sense. Um, but it's their hard nose and they get what they're worth. And that's something that you should be commending them for because not a lot of players have that lack of yes man energy that yeah. the Kitchuk family you know does and I mean last time he signed like September 25th 2019 right it was a bridge deal three-year contract seven mil AAV why oh because the you know our excellent GM didn't have the foresight to dish out Froleek's money or, um, you know, uh, oh, oh, no, James Neal was a mistake. Oh, let's acquire someone with, a, even with you know, an equivalent size contract 
fill the void. And Kachuk sat there saying, I'll take three by seven so that everyone can stay on this team because I don't want to be the bad guy and kick anyone out and have to force Brad to do his job. Exactly. Um, Well, that's blown up in our face because the second that was signed, we all saw that him and Johnny would be expiring this summer. And we said, oh, no, this could be trouble. And it's come to the worst, like the worst case scenario, right? Like, oh, yeah. All the, all the fans saw that having those two guys expiring on the same summer was a massive problem. Sure. I mean, you and me included, we didn't see this happening at all, especially after the postseason we had and the regular season we had. Yeah. Um, this was the last thing that we saw coming, but it's the consequences that come with having both those guys yeah. expiring. On in the same summer, right? What is this? What what is going on? How does Brad still have a job? I'm sick and tired of the oh, it's not Brad's fault. Uh, his hands are tied. No, the job of a general manager is to assess and coddle your star players so that you entice them to stay here. Exactly. You give them a reason to stay. You you treat them as a priority. Oh my god. So. I'll I'll get into this a little bit more. So to retain the rights of restricted free agents, teams are required to tender them a qualifying offer. Qualifying offer is a one-year contract with a salary calculated based on a few factors. In Kachuk's case, his qualifying offer was $9 million for one year. Following that year, he would be an unrestricted free agent, just like Johnny Goudreau was this summer and could walk to free agency. This is obviously not what the Flames want to happen, so they offered the qualifying offer to retain Kachuk's rights and hopefully negotiate a long-term extension. Now, essentially, the thing that I don't understand is, like, let's say Matthew did not take his qualifying offer and we did not elect, you know, for club elected for a club-elected hearing. Yeah. Um, let's say he didn't accept his qualifying offer by the 22nd of July he would have just been a normal RFA. Yeah. It's not like, because he did, he himself did not file for arbitration. So this could have gone to like September. To me, this is more so the flames wanting a direct answer so they can figure out what they want to deal do. Right. But would you also like, would you not see a team offer sheeting Kachuk? Cause with that club elected arbitration that mm-hmm. protects him from an offer sheet. Right. Yeah, it protects him from an offer sheet, and it basically speeds up the timeline for an answer that the organization yeah. had. But my my thing with that is, like, if another team came in and offer sheeted him, isn't that a positive thing? Because at least the contract gets done. Like, I, I, I guess we do have the cap space to sign pretty much any contract that he's going to get offered, right? And, like, that's, like, this is what I don't get. Like, what is the plan here? There is no plan. And until you like, okay, well, 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 there's a lot to get into here because I, none of this makes sense with a normal timeline, man. None of this, this entire week has been like one. Oh my God. Like, Hey, Hades wasn't joking when he said that there was an underworld, bro. Like this is not it. This yeah. is not it. With club elected arbitration for people that don't know, um, this is going to occur in the second window. There are two windows. This one here would occur in the second window. This is how it would work. The team would enter 
into arbitration with an offer of equal to or higher than the player's previous year's combined base salary, signing bonuses, and performance bonuses. As well, the party that did not elect for arbitration, so that's Matthew Kachuk's camp, gets to decide if the term will be one or two years. So that's what makes it the complete opposite from a player filing for salary arbitration. If a player were to file the club, yeah, the club, club would, gets yeah, the term. Yeah. yeah, the club would select the term, and then here it's the complete 180. Because this is in the team's hands, Matthew Kachuk can come in and be like, I can decide whether I want one or two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, is that given that he's got one year remaining of being an RFA prior to his UFA status, the automatic award is a one-year deal. So even if Kachuk said, oh, I want to take two, it's not in the CBA. He's taking one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the team is also handcuffed in that sense. And at that point, okay, what do you do? Like you're either signing him. There's two outcomes here. You're either signing him now until his arbitration date to a long-term extension or you're trading him. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no way you risk him walking the same way Gidrell walked like just earlier this week. No, and like you absolutely cannot. With everything, yeah. like with the way everything has gone this week, that is – the one thing that you cannot have happen. Like I know people want to see Kachuk here long-term, oh, but at the, at the end of the day, you have to at least get returned for him. You have to, like, if it comes to that. Yeah. If it comes to it, you have, like you have to do everything possible to make sure you're getting the best package out there because like this, like, dude, I'm literally wearing a Kachuk Blasty tank right now. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's sad. Not, it's pretty sexy, but it's painful <laughs> if he leaves. Um, yeah. And, like, my thing is, is, like, did the Flame, do the Flames know that he doesn't want to sign long-term? Is that why they elected this, to get a quick answer out of it? Because I feel like, if he wasn't going to sign long-term, he would have straight up just accepted his QO. Now he's practically being forced to accept his QO if a long-term deal doesn't get done, right? And that, that, that's the way it feels, though, right? Like, it feels yeah. like he wants out. It feels yeah. like, yeah, now that Johnny's gone, he doesn't see a future here in Calgary. That's, that's the vibe that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really hard to think otherwise. It is. I mean, like between now and the date of the hearing, the team could still sign him to an extension, but it just doesn't feel that way. The fact that the members of the media have started their, Oh, let's protect Brad rounds. That is just the biggest red flag. When you have a guy like Boomer coming out and saying like odds that what are the odds that, you know, there's an extension in place and he responds on Twitter, 0%. And Boomer has like connections yeah, to the yeah, to the organization. Like he he he's not a exactly. He's not a pawn. Yeah, no, he's not a pawn trying to gain, gauge clicks. Yeah, um, like he has real connections through the Flames. Like I don't understand. Like I don't understand how you can defend Brad. I don't understand. Brad set himself up for the shit show. He did. And every single year since that offseason, it's gotten worse. Since 2019 onward, it's gotten worse. 
We had about what 12 months of being happy last summer's moves and you know deadline stuff. And you know, now that we look back, deadline moves didn't really age well. But no, yeah, what it is. The, 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 yeah, I mean, but that happens. That's something, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, it's like, like the, the, this, the, this is like, this is hell. This is this like, is, yeah, your whole world is crumbling in front of your eyes, like, everything is just falling apart. Like, dude, I saw a report, uh, a rumor that multiple players wanted out after the situation with Goudreau. And then Backlund's name was being floated around on Twitter. Michael Backlund wants out? This dude has been here through two cores. He's seen some shit. He played through the dark days of 2009 to 2015. He's seen some things here. And you're telling me he's... The guy who wants out? How how royally screwed up is this situation? It what probably runs deeper on? than we think. Yeah, it probably runs deeper than we think. Like, what is going on, man? This is this is not Bradshaw. Like, what what is he doing still in the GM chair? What is it going to take for him to get fired? Seriously, yeah, he should he should have been fired the day that Goudreau put pen to paper in Columbus. Like, he set himself up for this. It's been circled on the calendar that free agency in 2022, he was going to have to deal with his two best players needing new deals. He set himself up for the geo shit. He knew that Seattle was coming in like two and a half, three years in advance. He didn't do anything. Just waited until Mark Giordano, where you could have got value back for him. Right? Like... His hands are tied in the moment. I get that. But if he had an ounce of foresight, but it's, yeah, but it's because it all he, together. Exactly. He didn't look into it enough. He just waited and waited until the last possible minute and then said, oh, I, I tried everything I could at the time. Yeah, but you didn't plan anything. You didn't have any foresight. Should, like You didn't have a game plan heading into the expansion draft, the deadline. This offseason, you didn't have a proper plan. Actually, maybe the only thing you had a plan for was the deadline. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that seems like it. Like, fuck, man. His last two deadlines were the only things he had a plan for. Yeah. He was selling or adding. Like, yeah. um, Like, three years ago, right? Like, you look at the Kachuk signing that bridge deal. And it's like, oh, it coincides with Johnny's contract ending. Oh, and um, they added a structure where he'll be able to sign a one by nine and walk himself to unrestricted free agents. Like, who makes these decisions? Who looked at that, both of those clauses and went, sounds about right. I, I like where this is trending. Right, guys? I like where this is trending. And then Connie's yeah. like, yeah, I'm Santa Claus for contracts. This shit out right now. Oh, my God. Like, just, I don't want to hear either of them speak for, like, a solid year. Like, I'm in mourning. Um, yeah. Like, again, if he could have restrained himself from signing James Neal the summer prior, like, in 2018, and basically had the guts to move Froelich, so he had the money on the table to treat Kachuk like the king he is to a max term deal in 2019... What would that have been like? Like an eight, 
8.5 by 8, something that would have been an absolute steal now. And, like, the biggest problem here is they didn't treat their future asset to build upon like the royalty he is. They should have done in 2019 what the Ottawa Senators did to his brother this past fall. Yeah. They should have just said, here are the keys to the freaking city. Here's yep. a boatload of money. This we, is your team. Yeah, we want you here. Like, this is your team. Here you go. But, and I get no. it. I get that Mark Giordano was captain. But let's be honest here. We all knew that Matthew Kachuk was the leader in the room. And that was very evident after the Muslim situation. You're telling me that, like, the leadership group was telling the guy to calm down for being fired up? Give me a break. Just because why he wants to win. Like, he actually, he actually gives a shit, so you're going to tell him to go to the corner? What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Joke, dude. This is an absolute joke. Like, like what drives me crazy about True Living's defenders is like, you know, it's not his fault. Okay, well, he had three years to figure this shit out. Like, everyone knew it was going to be a shit show. Cat Friendly exists for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> like the, exactly. Like, the most casual fan could have looked at that. Asked around and been like, oh, 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 I don't like that. Like, he literally thought that he'd be able to sign Gadron Kachuk and Manjapani and not move Lucic, Monaghan, and everything would just be, you know, sunshine, rainbows, kind of like nine-year-old Russia sipping on a juice box and a Mike Camilleri t-shirt. Like, it's not, he has no plan. I don't know how many times you have to reiterate this, but he has no plan. Um, I bet you, I bet you since we got eliminated, he's just been sitting in the freaking office watching game film from this last year, just like reminiscing on the good old days now that everything's falling apart on him. He's just like, oh, I wish I could go back to that. And that, like, that, that, I guarantee you that's what's going on. He has, like, he's just in a full on depression right now watching last year's game film. Yeah. reminiscing on the good times and like i saw a tweet like i think yesterday that was like you know we knew the second that kachuk signed that bridge deal that it wouldn't be a long-term relationship no i don't think so that to me doesn't make sense you're still at an opportune to extend the guy but the problem is is the relationship that needs to be cut here is the one with tree it's not the one with Gaudreau. It's not the one with Kachuk. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if you stopped making your star players look like the poster boy for organizational failure, they'd want to play here. It has nothing to do with the whole, oh, but he's American and, uh, you know, the Americans don't want to be in Canada. Okay. Oh, yeah. That okay. That's bullshit. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Austin freaking Matthews. Brock Besser, you're telling me those guys hate being in Canada? Give me a break. It's yeah. not being in Canada. It's being in Calgary because we have an right. ass management group. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And Dean yeah, Josh Norris just signed, like, what, another seven or eight-year deal eight in years. Ottawa? Yeah. At, like a freaking nice value contract, too, for eight years. Like, sure, sure hates it there. Yeah, he totally hates it. And, like, you think Ottawa's a better city than Calgary? Let's be honest here. It's not. I yeah, mean, exactly. Like, well, I, I mean, it is the capital, but. I mean, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Justin. Like, it, it is not a better city to play hockey in. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, the difference is at least they're getting a new arena. True. It will be a good place to play in pretty soon. Um, anyway, yeah, so Dean Mulberg yesterday goes on Twitter. He says, Flames fans curious about what the date will be for Matthew Kachuk arbitration case. Don't get too excited. There's a very good chance he will be traded before then. Well laid out here by Eric Francis. Now, I just want to say, like, my like I get a tweet like that, I do, but at the same time, I he follows it up with, so why is this happening? Goudreau, now Kachuk. It's not dough. Flames offer Johnny more than any other team and would do the same for Kachuk. Both are star players, and star players with leverage tend to get what they want. Both are American-born and seem to want to go home. Could we quit with the damage control? Seriously. Like, we're going to lose two franchise cornerstones in the span of a week. And our excuse is, oh, but they're American. They just don't want to play here, right, guys? That's it. Yeah, they want to go home. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk was the same guy at the presser talking about how he'd absolutely love to stay with a friggin' giant-ass smile on his face. Yeah. What happened? Oh, I know what happened. You lost Johnny Goudreau for nothing, and the whole team is now in shambles. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, there, like, there's, there's not much more to say about it. Like, there's, it's just a massive management fuck up. It's the, the incompetence of management has gotten worse since we got ousted by the Abs in 2019. I feel like yeah. the summer of 2018 was the last like normal summer that we've had in terms of asset retention and or management. In terms of acquiring Hannafin and Lindholm, signing James Neal. No, God, I still can't believe we did that. But, like, the summer after, right, you're making up for the Neal trade, which handcuffs you. You don't want to move for a leak, so you force Kachuk into a bridge deal, right? And then you don't have an ounce of foresight to go, oh, my two franchise cornerstones needing contracts in the same summer. Uh-oh. And then yeah. you follow it up, not even a calendar year later, and TJ Brody walks for nothing, and you sign Andrew Mangiapane, who, newsflash, he's a stud in his own right, to also have his new deal expire Expired. that same summer. Yeah. What the hell? Like, are you kidding me? You don't see that with any other team. Tampa just friggin' signed Chernak, Sorelli, Sergachev, all the eight-year deals. Yep. The, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, and within a day they had business taken care of. We're sitting here with our management group waiting until, like, the day of to make a decision. He's, like, the type of guy that would straight up, like, I saw this really funny text from this pretty dope kid that, I think we both know in that group chat that we're in. And uh, he was like, Brad's the type of guy to skip the re-sign date in GM mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sim right through it. Yeah. Like, oh, man, dude. I I don't know, man. And, like, there's two options here. It's either you sign Matthew Kachuk long-term now until – his arbitration date. And for those of you asking arbitration dates are happening from July 27th to August 11th. So the good news, if you want to call it good news out of all of this is that we'll at least know where 
Kachuk, Manjapani, and Shillington stand by August 11th because yep. all of those deals will be done before that date. Um, now let's get into what we heard yesterday. So apparently the St. Louis Blues offered up Jordan Cairo, Tori Krug, and a first yeah. for Kachuk, and which the Flames rejected. What are you, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, we don't even really know if that, like that hasn't come out as like a hundred percent offered, right? This is just like a rumor that's going around St. Louis. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I talked to you a little bit about it. I really like Kairou. Like Kairou, I think he'd be sick as a flame. He's a great player. He's fast. He's explosive. He's got a great shot. Um, but Krug on the other hand, I'm like, I'm not a big Krug fan and, I would like to see this team rebuild. I don't want to see them bring in just other stars who have failed in other places trying to win a cup. Um, so if you do Krug, like two firsts and a prospect, I mean, not Krug, uh, Kairou, two firsts and like a prospect, I think I'm taking that trade for Chuck. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty nice, like that's probably the best type of package you'd find, honestly. If you're... Like Jordan Kyrou is a stud in his own right, you know. Like he can come in and play immediately, and again, like it just like my thing with it is I don't know, dude. Like Tory Krug, I feel like if you replaced him with like Jake Neighbors, someone in their prospect pool who's like a former first rounder, something yeah. like that, it would make more sense. It would be like I'm telling you right now, Kyrou let's say Jake neighbors in a first, that's a better return than what the Sabres got for Jack Eichel. It is. It, yeah, it totally um, is. Yeah. But it's just the fact that we have to be here talking about a potential Matthew Kachuk return. Like the fact that our management group handcuffed themselves so bad that it's basically, you have to do this to save your ass a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. I like I don't know. I, I think the return for Kachuk needs to be like a, a young rising star, like a guy like Kairu, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um plus, basically. Yeah. Um, and then a prospect and like a first and maybe a second. Mm-hmm. That's where I value Kachuk at, but I know like a lot of people's opinions differ on that. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Jordan Kairu is an RFA. <laughs> next summer he's making 2.8 million dollars next season and then he's an rfa with arbitration um his base salary is 3.2 mil meaning that's where his qualifying offer starts so it's not like it that shouldn't be too hard to sign him to a long-term deal no yeah not at all go that route and i mean like just to preface this like Jordan Kyer had 27 goals 48 assists for 75 points through 74 games come on like the guy was had a breakout year it's the real his first real breakout year could you imagine exactly under Daryl Sutter yeah like like I don't know man I just to me I feel like there is some accuracy with that offer from St. Louis um I feel like that is something that Definitely probably was tabled. Usually when deals like that fall through, a reporter comes out and states it, and they usually gain traction or they don't. 
But this was from Blues insider Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN. So I feel like this was like a legitimate yeah. package yeah. that Blues dished out. Um, and like my thing, like you said, like Tori Krug, he's 31 years old, right? And like I get that he makes your decor better in the short term. But like it all depends on what what direction are you taking? Because if the Flames aren't rebuilding – and they want to stay competitive. How do you reject that deal? Seriously, like if you're Flames brass, right? You you look at it and you say, okay, Tory Crew contract isn't that great, but we really only have two years to be relevant before the rest of our team are unrestricted free agents. Yeah, so you basically be bringing him in for the short term, knowing that his contract is a hindrance in the long term. He's got a no trade yeah. clause. I'm pretty sure it's a fifteen. 15- yeah, a 15 team no trade that starts in the 25 26 season. You could acquire him and deal him before that. You know what I mean? If that was the route you were going to go. But you said no to that deal. You said no to the supposed devil's offer at the draft where yeah. second overall pick, which was in play. But so you're like, at an impasse with Kachuk, and you're basically telling him you have two weeks to sign long-term or, you know, you're just taking your one year. Yeah. What's the goal? What's the plan here? Are, like, what is going on? What What is happening? Why are you dragging this out? I don't know, man. Like, I just – it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you had two pretty fair deals on the table – if you knew 100% that the door was closed, why didn't you say yes to either? And this is coming from the biggest Matthew Kachuk fan, I think, on the planet. I own, like, three of this guy's jerseys in my closet. Yes. I don't know, man. This is not – none of this makes sense. It doesn't. Um, we've got 18.45 in cap space that we're just sitting on. We're doing nothing. And I feel like – like, I just – it doesn't make sense to me. We're still kind of in that limbo where – it's waiting to see where management is going to take this, right? Which route they're going to take. We've talked about the routes a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. There, for every action, there's always an equal or opposite reaction, right? Eric yeah. Francis goes around doing the media rounds saying, you know, like, expect a trade done by the end of the week. And he straight up went you know, to St. Louis, like, Blues Radio pretty much and said that. Right. Yeah. And Saravalli yesterday on 960 was like, oh, a Kachuk extension in Calgary isn't out of the question. And that's where, like, you know, an equal or opposite reaction to a statement comes in. Because for every one take, you're going to have, oh, but this could also still happen type thing. Right. Right. Which is why we try to give both sides, right? Like, we yeah. talk about both angles to it. But I, I don't know, man. It's just the history with players going to club elected arbitration. It's just not historically pretty. Um, no, awful. it's not. At all. It's, it's a terrible road to go down. It's awful. It's not historically pretty at all. Um, I like just to give you an idea. The most recent club elected salary arbitrations that have been enacted since 2014. Okay, this is the list of players that have been through this. Ryan O'Reilly with the Avs, 
Michael Froelich with the Jets, Vlad Sabotka with the Blues, 2014, 2015, Jonathan Bernier with the Leafs, Justin Schultz with the Oilers, 2016, Peter Mrazek with the Red Wings, 2019, Billy Husso, St. Louis, 2021, Brandon Carlo in Boston, Kevin Fiala in Minnesota, and Travis Sanheim in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if you've noticed from just listing them off, but more than 80% of those guys aren't with those teams that I just listed. Yeah. Um, most have been traded or signed elsewhere since. Yeah. So that just gives you an overall picture of what club elected salary arbitration could come down to. And to me, given the fact that the media here has already started, the, Oh, don't blame Brad, you know, like just, I don't understand how in Vancouver, there was like a public outcry from both the fan base and the media. Like the media was straight up. Like we should just get Jim Benning fired. This is ridiculous. And there were billboards outside, like in downtown saying fire Benning with a Twitter hashtag. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what it's going to take for Bradshaw living to lose his job here because the longer this goes on, you've got to imagine that Kachuk, whatever happens with Matthew Kachuk, that like Bradshaw living would lose his job, right? Or not. Or not. Because seriously, what's going to, what's it going to take for him to get fired? I like a genuine question. Is there anything like, do the owners just freaking love this guy or? It's been eight years, two months, and 22 days as we keep counting. And the team has gotten worse since he's came in. They've gotten worse. We've had two highs, maybe like two and a half highs, and that's it. It's been like this. Oh, 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 oh. Like that's literally what his tenure has been like, right? Yeah. And yeah. – you know, at some point, you're going to have to say, like, what the hell? Jay Feaster, are, like, I'm not sitting here defending Jay Feaster, but the guy was had the job for under three years. Brad Trillian yeah. is going on to season nine, man. At, one, at some point, you got to say, it's not going to work here, Brad. Like, you're done. Like, the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Exactly. And like, I don't know, man, like I, I just hope we get an answer on the Kachuk situation sooner rather than later. Cause this is, it's very dreadful being a fan right now. And I just it's taking a, it's like taking a lot out of me just sitting talking yeah. about this. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we'll, I, I guess we'll find out soon and we'll be back here to record, you know, whether what that decision ends up being and what ends up going down yeah again if matthew kachuk wants to be here long term we're gonna know in the next few weeks if he's getting traded we're gonna know within the next few weeks those are the only two outcomes here folks that's it there's no there's no there's no like in between route if ends or buts it's option one or option two and i guess we'll just see how it plays out yeah We'll find out soon, right? Yeah. Anything else I mean, you want to add, Noah? I I don't think so. I mean, I could sit on here and I could bitch and whine about it, but I'll I'll save that for our 
goodbye to Matthew Kachuk video if that ever happens. Oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just be sitting, you know, in my room looking at my Blasty Kachuk, my home Kachuk, my road Kachuk, and just stare at the wall crying while he yeah. came with a shovel. But who knows? Fingers crossed still, right? Like, fingers crossed that he does sign here long-term and that yeah. things look up for us Flames fans because, God, do we need some sort of light right now? Literally. Like, just if – yeah, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Anyways, if you guys liked our video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. And for more Flames news and uh, apparently depression, uh, you can just, you know, I guess we're good guys to sit with and, you know, talk about your problems and whatnot. Anyway, yeah, well, I guess we'll find out what happens with uh, Kachuk sooner rather than later. And uh, thank you for listening. This is absolutely dreadful. Thanks for, yeah, enjoying in our depression. Appreciate (laughs) it.